Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we talk about and celebrate Star Trek III The Search for Spock, one minute at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, David Stoker. And I'm your other co-host, Chris LaSalle. Chris, welcome back. Hey, Dave. How you doing? I'm doing well. It's Wednesday. It is. It's Wednesday. Week's half over. Hmm. So we are welcoming back Keith McDaniel for another episode. Welcome back, Keith. Hi, guys. So we're at minute number 20, and uh, this minute starts with Krug saying, Station! And ends with a voice saying, Very well, Lieutenant. Whose voice? So, yeah, whose voice whose is voice? that? I know. I'm glad that we will we'll, we'll find out, right? But it would, this would be a drag for Keith if it was Friday, and the minute just ended yeah. there, and we're like, well, oh. no well, one's going to tell you. Not, Keith, sorry. Keith, yeah, Keith can't find out, because he's... <laughs> You guys know how to give out the minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had a question. Oh, you do? I was going to start with a question, but is it is it too early? Well, I was just going to start with uh, discussing last minute and bringing us up to speed with Torg and Krug this minute. That's probably a good idea, because that'll be a good segue into my question. Okay. So, last minute, we have, um, you know, as Keith put it, he Krug sort of gives them a little bit of a test you know, he asks them their opinion, you know, he says, speak to each one. And they each give their, you know, their, what they think this Genesis thing is. And, you know, where Torg is like, you know, it's great power. And Maltz is like, they can make planets. And uh, so I feel like this minute definitely shows how Krug values them. And by sort of dismissing Maltz, he's like station. And then sort of letting Torg in on the secret and sort of, rewarding him for his answer i i agree i think you you answered the question i was going to ask which is what do we think of krug's dismissal of malts because he just pretty much shut him out right yeah he just immediately yeah he's like back to work you and and he's like share this you know to 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 tour he's share this with no one you know we're going to the planet and we're gonna you know we're gonna seize this weapon for ourselves and you know the ultimate power and Torg's like success, my lord. So he's, you know, he's he's in now with Tor, uh, with Krug. So can we talk a little bit about Krug and Torg's relationship? That is very evident by this exchange. Um, Dave, I've known you for how many years? Well, thirty, 30 plus. 30, thirty plus years. If you ever had a <laughs> conversation with me where you were <laughs> no, your nose was touching my cheek. <laughs> What are you talking about? We have those every Saturday night, man. <laughs> as much as I love you, buddy, I would be giving you a shove. Can you back up out of my space, please? Well, it's not even that. It's like he starts out and he just sort of gets closer and closer. He's like, you know, we are, we're going to this planet. And then he gets closer. And then it's like almost like his nose is in his ear. Yeah. The secret of ultimate power. What What'd you say? I didn't quite get that. Could you say it a little louder? I, you almost wonder if I'd love to see an outtake of this scene. Like, do you think, do you think Christopher Lloyd just messing with Stephen Liska, just trying to get him to laugh? Let's see how far he'll let me push it. I love that we get a great shot of Stephen Liska's eyebrows. Oh yeah, like horns. Those, yeah, those things are fantastic. 
Yeah, they are. Uh, uh, I guess I never noticed that. Yeah, they are up, in, up and out. They arrive a few seconds before he does. <laughs> um. <laughs> Sorry, I just. I just... <laughs> wow, <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> it wasn't even that funny, but I just find it so funny. Yes, they're quite. They could have tangled up their eyebrows in this scene. <laughs> that would have been funny. Uh, so I want to go back to uh, I want to go back to Maltz for a second here because we we've been going back and forth, you know, for a while, at least for a week. John Larroquette and Maltz are they the same person? And no, they're not. So Chris is a you know a definitive no. I think Keith is on the fence a little. Not <laughs> sure correct. which not sure which side to play. So I found an entry from Starlog. Issue number 138 on page 25, where John Larroquette is interviewed by Starlog, and he discusses how he got the, how he got the role by uh, running into Leonard Nimoy and all his preparation and, uh, you know, his relationship with Christopher Lloyd. So I am going to submit that as evidence A. Are you going to read the whole thing? <laughs> would you like me to read the whole thing? I don't know if we have enough time for me to read the whole thing. So uh, I guess I guess my question for you, Dave, is is do you have that Starlog magazine in your hands right now, or do you just find a transcript online? Nope, but I am going to buy it from eBay because I found it on eBay. <laughs> I'm going to have definitive proof that you are going to see that that is John Larroquette. Okay, and I am going to put a poll up on social media <laughs> and and ask people what they think because I'm not buying it. <laughs> Well, that's cool. Uh, so you actually have it. They have it. You have an interview with John Larroquette that says, "I my malts. I was malts. My story." Yes, correct. Well, thanks, Dave. We appreciate your all your research and hard work trying to prove us wrong. I have a question. One one day you'll see the light. Uh, let me know when that star log arrives. <laughs> uh, I have a question. Torg. Uh, well, actually, uh, two questions. Who's your favorite sidekick? Is it Torg or Maltz? Oh, it's Maltz. Oh, oh, very quick. Torg, Torg, Torg. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Torg. I think I'm Torg as well. And part of it, uh, he has a really sinister voice, and it it comes through. Mm. It comes through here when he's, uh, you know, Crook says, "Share this with no one," and he's like, "Understood, my lord." It is quite, quite the sinister whisper that he has. But yeah, that's just one of the reasons. I'm going to compile a list of other reasons that I Torg is my favorite. But why is Maltz your favorite, Dave? Oh, because I just like the sort of comic relief a little bit <laughs> that he provides. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. He's comic relief later, too, isn't he? Yes. That's why I feel like he's... I don't know. I just I like him as the the silly sidekick, you know, where I do believe... I agree with both of you that the Torg is a little, little menacing, a little sinister, and you know I think you know much like Krug is very understated sinister, you know by whispering the way he whispers to Torg and the way he asks questions and stuff. I feel like his he's not overtly sinister like maybe Christopher Plummer was in you know Star Trek Six. Mm, right. 
wearing it on a sleeve. He's he's very much he's much more subtle with his sinisterness, I guess. <laughs> subtle if that's with a, if, sinisterness. If that's a word. Hey, so Krug is you know what what is Krug talking about here? Into how's he trying to um, persuade Torg to see his way? Because um, I'm kind of asking that because um, he mentions some things like. Uh, he says, even as our emissaries negotiate for peace, you know, uh, which was kind of funny to me. Um, like, is this actually happening? Are they, does he feel like you know, the Klingons are getting weak or it also kind of reminded me of, um, I think it was undiscovered country. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I think they called it a Kittimer conference. Yep. You know, I, I had to look that up. I just remembered um, that in my research for this minute. I was like, they—they've been—they've kind of mentioned this sort of before, or 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 this just reminded me of that moment in that movie. And even though I'm not, that's not one of my favorite movies. I still remembered it. I, I actually, I actually remember it. Uh, I guess I remember thinking exactly that when Undiscovered Country came out, and we have this, you know rogue Klingon who's, you know, decided to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to solve these problems on my own and I'm, you know, breaking away from the empire. And I remember thinking like, well, isn't that what Krug was doing too? I mean, is this, is this just what, you know, all, all, all the bad guy Klingons are just rogue Klingons? Well, isn't that how they, isn't that how they get ahead is, you know, I remember, and I'm thinking of, uh, the, um, the episode with, uh, Riker, he goes on the um, on Next Generation. He goes on the Klingon ship as sort of like a, you know, a swap program where he is the the commanding officers of each vessel swap, and in order for him to save the Enterprise, he has to basically take out the Klingon captain. Mm. So it's like they're very much in terms of like, you know, to get ahead. It's almost like you got to stab your boss in the back. Yeah, I think I, I think I agree. This this is, I mean, he doesn't have any. Neither he, neither Krug nor Tork have any self-doubt here that what they're doing is 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 the right thing, right? Right. We're going to preserve our race by grabbing or finding the secret of this weapon of ultimate power. So I, I want to mention one last thing before I think we leave this moment. Um, uh, Maltz, as he's dismissed, gives a nice little you know Klingon salute, chest bump. He does. What? Just like the the old days. He does? Yeah. Well, you know what? Actually, you know what I think, Keith, is I feel like it's almost uh, they filmed it two different ways. Because if you look at him straight on, so you see uh, crew go station, and then they focus on, you know, he sort of does the, you know, uh, yes, my lord. He sort of stands up straight. And then as they cut from a different angle, it's like his hand is on his chest. So I wonder if that's like a bad cut kind of thing. Well, that's a good eye, guys. I did not see that, but now, yep, nice touch. Because I know they were. Because even if you look at, um, if you look at Torg, his hand is nowhere near his neck either. But if you fast forward it to like, you know, four or five, his hand is up there now too. Oh, I think he's still kind of stroking his his goatee there. Yeah, guys, it's mm. a Fu Manchu. Fu Manchu. <laughs> yeah, it's a, uh, it's a good one. I, okay, before we move, I had one last thing too. Before we move on, and this is this is probably 
mean? What's up with Torg's teeth? Oh, underbite. <laughs> so I get. I just. I. I hate to ask the question because I'm, I'm. It's probably just the actor, but I've always wondered if if that's more prosthetic or something, or that's the way he's supposed to look, like a, just making him a little more evil. Or am I just a horrible person for noticing that? <laughs> no, I think that's he. That's the that's the actor doing that, like on purpose. Like he's sticking out his bottom jaw and he's being more menacing. Yeah. Okay. So you so you yeah. think? Okay, I like that then. So you're saying the actor might be doing it. It's not something that just that's the way the actor looks. Yeah. No, I think that he's doing that on purpose. Yeah, kind of like a bulldog. Yeah. Yes. Nice. A bulldog. Yeah. There you go. Okay, Phew. I don't feel like a horrible person then. <laughs> well, so we're moving on then to now. the Genesis planet. The Genesis planet. Stardate 8210.3. So before we go too much further, yes. a couple of things that are striking in this yes. minute. And Dave, you just mm-hmm. called them both out. Was the, uh, what do we call those? Subtitles? Titles? Yep. The Genesis planet and the Stardate? Yeah. This, in the comic book adaptation, this is the first moment of the film. Oh, really? So, so the way it goes, the way this it's sequenced, in, in it, it starts out with the opening credits. It cuts to the Grissom and uh, everything we're about to see in, in this minute, um, and it ends with a dramatic, a dramatic finding, and then they cut, they cut away. Um, to Kirk doing his captain's log. Right. Oh, okay. So to me now, knowing that, this makes a little more sense that we're seeing the Genesis planet and seeing the star date. Because doesn't that feel like something you'd see at the beginning of the movie just to kind of orient it? Definitely. Well, I thought it was a little out of place because did we have we seen anything like this before? Not at all. Where they where they put a, a location on the screen, like or a star date? I almost feel like they forgot it was in there. <laughs> like, I'm wondering if it was a mistake because it just feel like they go to, I mean, how many planets in, you know, the, the, the shows that they've gone on, they never, I've identified the planet. I mean, I don't think they started doing that until, um, the reboots, the Kelvin reboots where they would put what planet they were on. Right. Yeah. I agree I, with you. I just, yeah, they don't. I feel like this is so out of place. Do you think that's a, a Nimoy decision? I, I, my theory is that it's uh, not like what we talked about either. I don't know if it was earlier today or on, on Monday, um, where we're uh, you know previously on the Wrath of Khan, we're, we're kind of reorientating reorientating the audience for those who may not have seen Star Trek II, because if you were if you were just a first time viewer, you might think that this ship was about to go into orbit around Earth, mm-hmm. right? Because it's you know it's. Blue and green clouds, you know, from far away. You, I could see how you'd True, mistake it. True, but I feel like we're, you know, uh, maybe. I, I, I agree with your point that, yeah, they might be thinking that this ship is, but we find out maybe not more than 30 seconds later where they are because we, the captain of the ship even says where they are. So I feel like that's... Mm, I'm not familiar. Like, can, could, what are you talking about? I'm fast forwarding. Fast forward. Prepare to fast forward. Is that another minute? Um, <clears throat> that's in the next minute. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> I I just feel like it's. I I just 
I don't like it. I feel like it's totally out of place. Now, mind you, I haven't seen this movie in a long time, and I know you saw it, Chris, so I don't know if they, if this is a theme throughout the entire movie. And if so, okay, but I just feel like in the Star Trek, you know, we don't see it anywhere in the motion picture. We don't see this any anywhere in the Wrath of Khan, and I just feel like it halfway, you know, we're already in minute 20, and I feel like it's very out of place. Well, I'm going to share something that our audience may not know about me. I'm not going to tell you, because I don't do that. I'm not going to give anything away. I'm not a spoiler guy, so... No, I'm not asking for a spoiler. It sounded like you were. No, I wasn't. Not not at all. I wasn't asking for a spoiler at all. I'm just saying you have seen this recently. Yeah. And I'm just saying you may you may know. I don't, so... I do know. Later when we come to that minute. But I just feel like it's out of place. Like, when the Enterprise got to Earth and Star, you know, Starbase or Stardock, they didn't have a title card and tell us what the star date was. I agree. <laughs> do they need the star date i mean i'm not an expert on star dates is this really helping anyone again i feel like they could have done it all on one little card here they could have done the genesis planet and then maybe underneath it do a smaller star date I, and i'm being very nitpicky here but maybe that's the designer in me coming out and i'm feeling like it's just out of place like it's i don't get it i don't understand why it's there how about this? At least we get to enjoy the galaxy font one more time. So shall we talk about this cool spaceship that we see? Yes, I am liking the design of the Grissom. I really, I mean, it's different than anything we've seen. You know, it's it's got the nacelles and it's got the, the saucer, but it's, you know, it's it's unique. It's different from the Enterprise. It's different from the Reliant. And I just, I think it looks really cool. Yeah, I love this too. Um, I, I just, it's so sleek looking. Um, I don't know if it's yeah, just that's the, the word overall, I would use, sleek. Yeah, yeah it, I mean, it almost to me reminds me of like a like a dolphin or a shark um, or a stingray. It's just it just has great lines as it just moves past the screen. And and I bring back um, when we were first talking about the Excelsior when we had the reveal and it was sort of like in the view screen. And I feel like this is a much better reveal than the Excelsior was. Like we see this, the ship sort of coming towards us and then going away, and, and I just I think it looks I think it looks great. Music that goes along with it as soon as it you know, appears, it's, it really changes the mood of the entire movie. Yeah, it's very it's very classic Star Trek theme, right? Isn't that what we get? My vote is still out on the Grissom, and I have. You know, for all the times I've seen it, I, it's never clicked for me. Like, it's never made me go, yeah, I love the Grissom. Like, I love a lot of the other starships. And I think part of it might be that I don't get to see it enough. You know, this is, it is a great flyby in, in this shot, right. you know, and, but it's but it's pretty quick flyby. You don't get it, you know, unless you're scrubbing it second by second like we're doing right now. It It's, it's here and gone. And... You, know, you can recognize familiar pieces like the, the nacelles and I guess it's kind of the saucer. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm glad we're doing this because I get to, I'm going to get to see more of it than I would normally just watching the film. Right. And one thing I do like, I will say one of the things I, I do like is in the saucer, the windows in the saucer make sense to me. Like those are like those front windows are probably the bridge. Right. You know, we're Enterprise, you're never quite sure where the bridge is, you know, is it way up in the top or is it buried down inside somewhere? This one is like, yeah, that's 
that's probably the bridge right there. Those are the windows in the front. They're looking out the windows. Um, I did some sort of research on this ship, of course. Um, <laughs> and um, so it apparently, uh, you know, it, it, it's explained a couple of different ways. Some schematics I've seen and some of these schematics appear on Next Generation, actually, because this, they reuse this model in a couple episodes later on. Um, true to Star Trek form there, um, always reusing, yep. um, much like the uh, merchant ship. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so apparently it has 13 floors. Um, it can hold a complement of 80 crew people. Um, oh, wow. 80, yeah. Um, and its size, its length is about the same size as the saucer of the Enterprise. Oh, really? Wow. So it's tiny. So it's a tiny vessel. Yeah, and the the things that are a little off on it um, that I've seen is sometimes it shows just the um, the 13 floors consisting of that saucer section. Mm. Sometimes they do show floors in the sort of engine section. But if you look at this thing, kind of like I think I remember we were talking about um, the Reliant, or you guys were. Um, like, how do you get down to the yeah. um, the engine section? Do you like travel downstairs, or yeah. you know, I'm kind of looking at the the frontal view of this, um, and I I don't know why there's a discrepancy between like different schematics, some showing floors down in the engine room or or what, but um, it's that's the only weird thing I'm seeing. But um, but 13 floors, 80 crew people. Oh, and the the shuttle bay is in the front. So if you're looking front on that little dark oh, yeah. rectangle, and I, there are also ones oh, on the yeah. sides, apparently that those are um, uh, shuttle bays. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. I just think it looks cool looking when it comes towards you, and it almost looks like the saucer is like floating in between the nacelles. Like it, we obviously know that it's connected by the flyby shot, but it just yeah the dead the dead on shot almost looks like if i was looking at the enterprise dead on and i erased the neck the neck right yeah right because because you know the enterprise kind the saucer kind of looks like it would be attached to the cells if you're looking at it dead on like that yeah pretty cool yeah i like it it's all right (laughs) i think it's cool uh yeah i i think there's a slide down those arms that's how they get down there they run they run and jump down Whee! Jeffrey tubes yeah exactly there you go so what do we get next so we know it's the USS Grissom oh did anybody know what it was named after oh yes I do go ahead Keith <laughs> um, uh, so it's a named after Virgil Gus Grissom um, he was an Apollo or actually was a was a Gemini um, pilot um, yes I, and uh, you're right yeah, but unfortunately, when they were testing out the Apollo um, program uh, uh, rockets, yeah, he and two other um, guys died in a fire inside the the capsule on the on the launch pad. It was, they were just testing, but something sparked a fire in like the hundred percent oxygen inside there, and it was a pretty sad story. Yeah, absolutely, and that was why. And I, the, my 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 reading of it was that was 
it was originally intended they were going to call this one the Valiant, I think, was the was the intent, and Nimoy wanted to was want to change it to Grissom as a as a in honor or in memory of of Gus Grissom. So I think that's a that's pretty cool. So moving on, I think uh, is uh, we hear the voice of some woman is how I have my notes saying <laughs> saying we've reached the destination planet at point zero three five. So I have two questions. What is point zero three five? Is that a time or a coordinate? Or who cares? <laughs> um, sounds cool. It sounds cool. <laughs> I think you you could go either way. Okay. Yeah, I agree. It sounds cool, and uh, who knows? And of course, my other my other question is, well, who's that? Hmm. But I, who is that? But I think we have to wait. I didn't recognize her voice at all because it sounds like someone we've never heard before. Doesn't it sound kind of robotic? <laughs> Very much Very so. Very much so, yes, yes. Mm. Uh, and then we also have some man <laughs> say, <laughs> So my nose, yeah, some woman and some man. Are we being very coy here? I'm uh, just, you know, just trying to you know, maintain the suspense. Uh, saying, very well, Lieutenant. So that that woman must be a lieutenant. That's our only yes. clue, and that's where my notes ended. <laughs> I, I I guess the only my only my kind of general you know comment on this on this minute is I wish we could have gotten a little bit more uh, camera on the the Grissom. I would have liked to see more of it. Right. But the Klingon stuff was very satisfying. Yes. Did anybody notice? Um, uh, Krug's puka shell necklace. I did not. If you could, right, right back at the very beginning, you get a good look at. It. <laughs> I love all their jewelry and beads and stuff. Maltz has these little um, hair dangly things. <laughs> yep, yeah. yep. Good stuff. Good costume design. All right. Well, that's all I had, guys. What do you? Anyone else? No, nope, I'm good. Nope. Well, let's wrap it up here. Keith, you uh, up for coming back one more day on Friday? Yeah, Friday. Friday. Okay. Yay. Awesome. We're going to be back on Friday, guys. In the meantime, uh, why don't you go check out StarTrekMinute.com. Uh, you can see, find past episodes there. There's links to uh, our merchandise uh, pages like t-shirts at Public. Um, there's a tip jar there. If you guys are enjoying the show and you want to leave a little tip for us, we'd love, uh, love to help defray some of the costs of the show. Uh, all that stuff and more can be found at StarTrekMinute.com. So check it out. Check it out. And we're going to be back on Friday with Minute 21 of The Search for Spock here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Success, my lord.